0: One man defined revival as this, an invasion from heaven that brings a conscious awareness of God. Hey, how did God, an invasion from heaven, how did heaven invade earth? Well, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And what what was he called? John 1, the word became flesh. There's your invasion from heaven. And you know what's going to give you an awareness of God? The Word. Another defined it is this, a church falling in love with Jesus all over again. Falling in love with Jesus all over again. How are you going to fall in love with Jesus? Well, you got to get to know Him. You can't love somebody you don't know. You can't fall in love with somebody you don't know. So how are you going to get to know Jesus? Through his word. Through the word. That's how you're going to get to know him. That's how you're going to fall in love with (coughs) him. Here's what Webster's 1828 Dictionary says. Revival means return, recall, or recovery to life from death or apparent death. Return or recall to activity from a state of languor. A recall, a return, a recovery from a state of neglect, oblivion, obscurity, or depression. Renewed and more active attention to religion. So it basically, a revival is a return, a recall, a recovery. Can I, can I put it even simpler? A revival is simply going back. Going back to prayer going back to purity going back to personal and world evangelism going back to participation in the local church going back to the preaching of God's word revival Revival in the Christian's life will always center around the Word of God. The greatest revivals you ever are going to read about are not in the history books of this world or even of the church, but they are in the pages of Scripture. And every revival you read about, it's not from a praise and worship band. It's not from a choir or a quartet it is not from some hipster leading some motivational speech or something it is from preaching the Word of God every single time it's the Word of God being preached and it's none different in Nehemiah chapter 8 in Nehemiah chapter 8 it is the last in in chronological order it's the last great revival of the Old Testament. Nehemiah chapter eight is the last great revival of the Old Testament. If you don't know the story and background of Nehemiah, I don't have time to give all of that, but just here it is in a nutshell. They had a temple built back. Nehemiah, they go back to build a wall around the city to protect the city. In Nehemiah chapter eight the city is, the wall is built. They're all back in the city. I say all, not all. The, the, about 40-something thousand Jews are in the city. There's still some left in Babylon that's chose to stay there, stuff like that. But, but there's a lot of Jews in the city. And they're about to start celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacles. One of those seven feasts that they celebrate. Here's what they do, verse number one. And all the people, y'all believe the Bible when it says all the people means all the people. Okay, just make sure y'all believe the Bible. And because this ain't gonna help you. If you don't believe the Bible, this ain't gonna help you. you. might as well take you a nap. But if you believe the Bible, listen. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. That's good. And they spake unto Ezra, the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. So, so here we are. All the people gather in as one man. That that tells me they're they're unified. There's not a bunch of uh, dis, uh, dis uh, There's not a lot of uh, discord, or, or there's not even any uh, clusters of people over here that really don't want it. And there's not a little cluster over here that don't want it. There's not a little little segment over here that don't want it. A little click over here. All the people unified together in the street as one man. Got the picture? They're unified. But then there's some urgency here. They invite the preacher to come. You catch that? I know some of y'all been here so long. You've heard me preach because I preach in the book of Nehemiah and, and I go to this a lot about this. But, but listen, this is not the preacher sending out a text reminding people to come to church. This is not the preacher sending out flyers on social media and through the mail and and, and other other avenues trying to get people to come to his meeting. This is the people knocking on the preacher's door. Hey, bring the book and come preach to us. The people come together in unity saying, We need the book. We got to have some preaching. And they ask him to come preach the book. So they, they, they've asked a man, Ezra, we'll talk about him in a minute, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. Bring that book, bring the Bible. Don't bring that history book. They didn't even ask him to bring a song book. Don't bring a storybook. Bring the Bible. Your stories of the past, well, they're good for sitting around and drinking coffee on the front porch. But, but in the, but, but in the in the pulpit, bring the Bible. I, I, that's got its place. But bring the book of the law of Mo, which the Lord command, not the book you wrote about building a church, Ezra. You know, because the whole book of Ezra is about building the temple back. Ezra, don't bring the book about, you know, building, uh, you know, uh, church growth seminars and church growth conferences that you've preached and all that stuff you wrote and all them good publishers. Public. Bring the book the Lord commanded. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Look what happens. Verse 2. And Ezra the priest, wait a minute, verse 2 says, or verse 1 said he was Ezra the scribe. You know what the scribe did, don't you? The scribe copied that word. Very detailed, very, very carefully. He copied that word. But watch this. He's also Ezra the priest. He's not just copying that word. He's preaching that word. He's the priest. Watch this. Brought the law. Before the congregation, both of, listen who's there, men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. Guess who's there? Everybody. All that can understand. Now, they have some babies that couldn't understand. Mamas had to tend to them. We understand that. They have some young'uns that don't understand. People to tend to them. That's a, but them that can understand, like them that can sit through school. Them that sit through school, they were there. Watch what he did. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until, until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Guess what he did. He just read the Bible. He just read it Outside. Not in a conditioned building. Not even in a covered building. They're all outside. And he is reading the Word of God. But look how long he reads it. He reads it from the morning to the midday. Morning started at 6 a.m., midday's 12 p.m. Six hours he read the book. Look what the Bible says. And the ears of all the people. Y'all still believe that means all the people? Y'all still believe your Bible? Just checking. Y'all said in verse 1 it was all the people. Y'all changing your mind? Yeah, y'all good. you all Okay, all right. Look what it says. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. They were there in attendance. But they were there in attention. Hello? They were there attending the service, but there were intention, their ears were attentive. They were listening to the Word of God being read. This book is not going to change you by just looking at it, this book is not going to change you by having it as a little good luck charm in your dash of your car or the bookshelf of your house, but this book is only going to change you by reading it and listening to it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They were listening to the word of God. But then notice what happens. Verse four, and Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of Wood, by the way, not a pulpit of plastic or or glass or see-through acrylic, but of wood. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Which they had made for the purpose. Watch this. He He didn't make this pulpit. He didn't have to make his own pulpit. They made this pulpit for one purpose. You ready? It was for preaching. he made the pulpit of wood for preaching for reading the word of God and we'll get in just a minute them preaching the word of God and that was the purpose of the pulpit boy we've we've changed a lot haven't we and beside him stood and it gives a list of 13 men I'm not going to read it so y'all ain't going to make fun of me the way I read it 13 men stood with him watch the verse 5 Look what he does, and Ezra opened the book in sight of all the people. He had a copy of the book. And I'm just gonna plug it tight, pull a timeout. He didn't just—he didn't read his Bible on his phone or his Bible on his tablet. He opened the book. Amen. Thank God. And if you gotta have that, sometimes I know you're in a tight. I know sometimes it's tight, and you gotta do stuff like that. Amen. But there's just something about seeing that book. Amen. What about having that Bible in front of you? I tell y'all Sunday school teachers, you have that Bible in front of you. Open the, open the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people. Just like I am lifted up right now above the people. Not, it's, so you can see the book, right? And you can hear the voice reading the Bible. And when he opened it, watch this. When he opened it, all the people stood up. They're sitting outside. They're sitting outside. And when he went and when he opened the book, they had so much respect for that book, they stood up. And watch what his Bible said. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And watch this. And all the people, y'all still believe it's all the people? And all the people answered, watch this. Amen. Amen. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You thought that was just a southern thing, or you thought that was just a preacher thing, or you thought, 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 whatever. You thought the Bible, it's a Bible thing. While the preaching's going on, to raise a hand. Amen. Amen. Hey, watch this, and it said all the people. Now, it didn't say anywhere that the preacher told them they had to do it. Matter of fact, I've looked it up. There's no command for people to do this. But they honored that book so much. They, they when they heard that word, it spoke to them so much. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Y'all know what amen means? I agree. Hallelujah. Amen. I agree. They were attending. They were there. They were attentive. They were listening. But watch this. They were attesting. Amen. They agreed with what the book said. They agreed. Listen, some of these people had never heard the book read, but they knew there was something special about it. Look what the Bible says. I'm almost done. And then it says not only that, they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Amen. Just picture, picture. Amen. Amen. And they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Amen. Amen. They were so, watch this, and they were reading the book of the law. They were reading stuff like thou shalt not save the corners of your hair. Amen, amen. They was reading stuff like Thou shalt not eat catfish. Amen. Glad I'm not under the law, amen. 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 They were not reading, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Watch this. They were reading about creation. The part of the Bible that you've read it so many times you don't even pay attention when you're reading it. The part of the Bible, when you read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can you imagine? I would imagine that's where he started, right? In the, I mean, most of the time when you start a book, you read at the beginning. So he, he opens the book, they stand up and he goes, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they said, amen, amen began to read about creation, and it moved them. For six hours he read, and so he reads through creation, and he reads the stories of the beginnings of this world. He reads about the fall of man, and he reads about the the grace that God gave in the garden. Then he reads about Cain and Abel, and he reads about Abel's death, and he reads about Cain's sin, and he reads about the Seth, and he reads about the line of Seth and the line of Cain, and he reads all and he's reading all this about Abraham, and he reads about Jacob and and Isaac and and Isaac and Jacob, and he reads about those twelve sons, and then he reads about Joseph, and then he reads about. Exodus and he reads about Moses You know what I'm saying? He's reading all this Stuff The Wilderness journeys He reads The giving of the law the first time Then he reads about the giving Of the law the second time He reads numbers He's reading this and the whole time They're amen Amen They're attesting to what they hear They're listening, they're there, they're listening. But watch this, they are letting the preacher know they're listening. They're letting the preacher know they were there and listening. The Bible says there were some more men. Verse 7, there are another 13 group of men. Look what the Bible says about them at the end of verse 7. These men caused the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. These people caused, these men caused the people to understand the law. So, they read in the book of the law distinctly. They didn't speed read. They read distinctly like I'm trying to read to you tonight. And gave the sense. They told you what was happening. They told what was happening in the Bible. And watch this. And caused them to understand the reading. That's Bible preaching, y'all. Bible preaching is reading the text distinctly, giving the sense, and causing people to understand what the text says. Hello? Can I just say this? It's more important what the text says than what's on our hearts, by the way. Amen. Listen, Bible and right now Brother Tyler you, you're the only preacher here tonight with us and other, other preachers are ministering out but watch it, Sunday school teacher you know what Sunday school teacher you know what teaching the Bible is reading the text distinctly giving the sense that the people may understand what's being read it's more important for you to understand what the Bible says than what's burning on my heart and I'm not trying to be ugly when I say that I'm just saying the Bible's more important than my my agenda. The Bible's more important than my my motive. What does the Bible say? So they heard the word of God. We see Ezra handling the word of God. We see these other men handling the word of God correctly. Look what the Bible says in verse 9. And Nehemiah, which is the Tereshatha which is Nehemiah was the man leading the charge. He was not a preacher, he was not a priest, he was not a prophet. He's just a man leading the charge on this work on the wall. And Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people and said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. They were weeping. I believe they were weeping in joy. I believe they were weeping in conviction. There were some things they were doing they were not supposed to be doing. When, 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 when some of these people had never heard the word of God, they listen, they'd been living in Babylon. You live in Babylon, by the way. I live in Babylon, by the way. Not literally, but buddy, our world is Babylonian, Okay? Many of us were raised in Babylonian schools, okay? We were taught the way of the Babylon. And so when the word of God is distinctly read and the sense of the word of God is given clearly and the understanding is made clear to the people, watch this, it goes against the ways of Babylon. And these people didn't buck up and say, well, I ain't never heard it like that before. These people didn't buck up and say, well, whoa, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, we ain't never done it that way. No, 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 no. I, no that, ain't, that goes against everything I've been taught. No, though, they wept because they realized this book was more accurate than, than the way we were raised. The, this book was more accurate than the way we were taught in school I'm telling you, I'm so sick and tired of people coming and saying, "Well, you're sad about that Bible, but 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 my teacher told me, or or what or, they taught me in school." I never, man. I'm telling you, listen. You not realize this book trumps any textbook you got in your school. This book tra- trumps any teacher you ever met. You Albert Einstein might have been your professor in college, and buddy, he he don't know nothing compared to what this book has listen to me I was reading about stars falling out of the book this Bible one time and I said something about them the Bible says that stars fell I had somebody meet me at the door I said well you know they, 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 scientists say scientists say that, that stars really don't fall I remember learning in my science class in high school I said you went to Gordon Central High School I was like I ain't trying to be ugly ma'am But I promise you, whoever taught you at Gordon Central don't know more than God. Okay? And that goes for Gordon Central, Snorville, Adairsville, Calhoun, or Philadelphia Christian School. Amen? Hello? Or your homeschool group, whatever. Ain't nobody's science textbooks smarter than God's. Are you listening to me? Amen. And you keep believing that mess. That's why we're in the mess we're in in this society. I don't have to keep re-preaching I preach it all the time. You say it's a hobby horse. It is a hobby horse because people, people are so dumb they believe this stuff. I just had a trail right there. I could have went off on, and I'm going to stay with the book, all right? So he says this, more not nor weep for all the people wet when they heard the words of the law listen to me what's going to happen this week and i know it happens all the time here but sometimes and this is what's good about meetings like this is you get a break from having to hear the same voice all the time okay and, and, and I'm thankful for for your love for me and I'm thankful for all the compliments and the encouragement I get here and all that kind of stuff that's all well and good but sometime a second voice is needed a third voice is needed another voice needs to come behind and preach the book and, and, and you know what it used to hurt my feelings when we'd be out in the foyer, and they say I oh, never heard it like that and I'm thinking i preached dude stole my message you know like I gave him the outline and, and he preached what I preached and And it used to hurt my feelings, but now you know what? It's a second witness. If you didn't hear it when I said it, and you heard it when another preacher says it, praise God, hallelujah. As long as as you hear it. And more importantly, not just that you hear it, that you heed to it. Because you can hear it all day long. If you don't do nothing about it, it ain't ain't changing you, no matter who you heard say it. And so, what's going to happen this week? They're going to stuff. It's going to stuff. that's going to be said from this book, and you're going to say, "I don't know what, da, 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 I don't like that." I'll tell you what y'all do. If it lines up with this book, you ought to be attentive to it. You ought to be attesting to it. You know, you don't have to have everything right to amen. What's being said in this book? You hear me. Don't think that you've got to be perfect to be able to agree with this book. Watch this. There's stuff in this book. When I read it, it cuts me up, man. It it, it slices and dices me. And I think, man, I ain't living that stuff. But you know what I can say? Amen. Amen. Here's all I'm saying is, that's right. You know why I know it's right? Because it's in here. And so what I, I challenge you this week to, to, to agree with the Word of God. may maybe stuff said that's not Bible. We all do that. I, I don't ever preach a message that I don't give something of my opinion. I mean, that's just part of public speaking, right? But When it's Bible, agree to it. Agree with it. And and so so it grieved them, not because they were mad at the preacher. It grieved them that their life didn't line up with that book. And they wept about it. Let me ask you something tonight. When's the last time you wept about your life not lining up with this book? When's the last time I have wept over my life not lining up with this book? Here's here's, here's, so so I I believe we ought to get back to some weeping. But then, you you can read the rest of it, but here's one thing that happens. The Bible says in verse 13, and the second day, the next day, they're gathered together, the chief of the fathers of all the people. So now, the heads of the tribes and stuff, they come together. The priests are there. The Levites are there. Remember who the Levites were? They were the one teaching just a minute ago. And Ezra the scribe, watch what they're doing. Not to run the preacher off. Not to vote him out. Look what they're doing. They're meeting together to understand the words of the law. Watch what happens in verse 14. And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in booths In the feast of the seventh month. And that they should publish and proclaim. In all their cities. And in Jerusalem say. Go forth into the mount. And fetch olive branches. And pine branches. And myrtle branches. And palm branches. And branches of thick trees. To make booths as it is written. This is what they heard. When they read the Bible. This is what they heard. And so the people went forth. You know what they did? They did what the Bible said. They went forth and brought them and made themselves boost everyone upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God, in the streets, uh, in the street of the water gate, in the street of the gate of Ephraim. They heard the word of God and they went and obeyed. They, can I take can I, just alliteration? They heard it, they heeded to it. They did something about it. Now now we're about to get some more details about this. Look real quick, verse 17. I'm almost done. All the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since, listen, for since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun. That's Joshua, y'all. Listen, since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun until until that day had not, the children of Israel done so. Well, look up here, look up here, a thousand years has went by, and they've not been doing it right. For a thousand years they've not been doing what the word of God said to do. And when they heard it, they didn't say, listen they would have been right to say, we've never done that. A thousand years. Think about the generations we're talking about going back. A thousand years, they've not done it. Since Joshua, the son of Nun. Now, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I got to make sure you understand this. Nehemiah is in the front part of your Old Testament, like in the book. But this story, the, the story of Nehemiah, is, is the date is at the end of the Old Testament, period. Does that, does that make sense? So what I mean, you got to understand, your Old Testament is not, written, is not put together chronologically. It's not chronological order. So Nehemiah is not that far away from the book of Joshua in the way the canon is, is laid out, but the story is a thousand years different. And they ain't done it. Now watch what the next phrase is. I love this. In the last phrase of verse 17. And there was very great gladness. You know why? Because they obeyed the word. Because they finally did what the Bible said. Listen to me. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, wherever you fall into that, I just said. You want gladness in your life? you obey the book you want great gladness in your life you just obey the book last verse also watch this day by day from the first day unto the last day look what he did he read in the book of the law and they kept the feast seven days and on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto Day one, he gets up. He reads the book. and It's the first time they've heard the book. And they read it for six hours. Day two, we've got to understand more about this book. And so they found, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. This is the feast that the tabernacles were in, and that, that just said we're supposed to build booths and not stay in our comfortable houses. We're supposed to stay in booths. like We're supposed to, we're supposed to be outside, and we're supposed to fast from the comforts of our home in this week and we ain't been doing that. We need to go do that real quick. So they go out and they do it. They put a pause. Let's go obey the word of God. We heard that preached word and now we got to take a pause and go do something about it. And they go do something about it and they come back and say, all right, preached again. And Day by day, they heard it. And they obeyed it. And they heard it and they obeyed it and heard it and obeyed it. <coughs> Excuse me. There was very great gladness. Here's what I'm challenging us all for next week. This should be how we enter the church house every time we meet, okay? Every time you hear the preached word of God, this is the way it ought to be. But I'm going to challenge you for this coming week to attend, to be here. Be here every service. Whatever you got to do, be here every service to attend. But then to give attention. Listen. Put your ears, tune it in. And then give a testing. I'm not going to ask or make or command you because the Bible doesn't. That you raise your hands and say amen, amen all the time. Okay? But I ain't going to discourage it. I've learned to preach with it and I've learned to preach without it. Okay? I go to some churches that they'd stop amen and they might could actually hear the preaching. <laughs> Sometimes they shout you out too much that you can't, they can't even hear what's being said. Okay, and then I heard I, then I preach in certain churches. I, I wonder if it's a church or a funeral but you know what? You just preach the word and it doesn't matter. But it is good. It helps the preacher to hear "Amen's" and stuff like that. But but more than I'm talking about attesting by saying "Amen," you know the greatest or the loudest "Amen" to preaching. Y'all, y'all ready for this? Living it out. The loudest amen to preaching is living it out. And So when you hear something from the word of God next week, that, that may not be where you're at. You, know, you might weep about it. You ought to weep about it. We, we ought to be weeping more than we're weeping over sin. Then don't, don't, just don't stay in that weeping. Gotta Go do something about it. Get up and go do something about it. That's a biblical revival. That's a biblical revival that when we talk about revival, we want to talk about everything else. We want to talk about Asbury, Jesus' revolution, Great Awakening, Separatist, Baptist revival. But what about the book? What about the revival here? Revival is centered around the Word of God. And it's centered around people who love God enough to hear the Word of God and apply it to their life. That's revival. And I'll say this, we can have revival. You can have revival. Your family can have revival. This church can have revival. America doesn't need revival. America's lost. America needs salvation. But we need revival. I need revival. So we're going to come here in just a moment and we're going to end in prayer and I'm not going to take away the opportunity to bear burdens and share burdens and we're going to do that like we do on Wednesday night but but when we gather here in just a little bit and pray for these prayer requests, I want to spend some time praying for revival. And here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to pray for revival in somebody else's life. I don't want you to pray for revival in my life. And I'm not going to pray for revival in your life. Pray for revival in your own life. and Pray, God, help me to hear the word of God and apply it to my life and do it with very, gladness with very great gladness pray that for yourself pray that for yourself so that's the first prayer request of prayer time tonight okay so that's the that's the pressing need we're going to come here in just a minute